0: Alrighty, hello everyone. Welcome to our Thursday night Hawks inside a safe space for this, the 29th, I think it is, of September. Mine's um, Ashley Brown. We've got an hour or so to go through plenty uh, to do with all things with the Hawthorne Football Club, which, as we all know, has been, not very, been very far from the front page, the back pages, everywhere in between. Over the last seven days, good to be with you all once again. Thanks for your support of the Hawks Insiders, as, as always. Um, before I introduce my co-hosts for the evening, just the, the ground rules for tonight will be, we're going to spend only a couple of minutes discussing the uh, the racism scandal or the racism affair, as it is, and uh, just a couple of the latest developments. We, we do really want to get back to the more interesting, uh, fun parts of the football club and, Supporting Hawthorne, which at the moment, this time of year, is player coming and going. Uh, Peter krummer's medal preview and, of course, the great win by the AFLW girls last week. And the um, return to Frankston, on, which I've written on the Insider Substack as a homecoming for Hawthorne tomorrow night against West Coast. So we're just going to, as I said, just touch briefly on the events of the week with the uh, the uh, racism saga, as I introduce my co-hosts for the evening
1: once again. Andrew, always hello. Good evening, Ash. Good evening, everyone. And Ash, if you could please kindly extend the uh, limited minutes to uh, Isaac Smith, the Geelong Football Club, and you know what? Even Jack Gunston, that would be wonderful. What a shocking week. Uh, And (laughs) as soon as we can move on. The, the sooner we can move on, the better.
0: Yeah, we might, uh, we'll touch on those as well. It has, uh, we need a bit more therapy, I think, to discuss all that. In fact, I'll move those towards the top a little bit. Um, well, Gunson ties it, Smith uh, ties into Gunson, I think, a little bit anyway. So we will discuss those. Um, Darren Levine, hello.
2: Hi, Ash. And yeah, the sooner we move on from this week, the better. Honestly, don't think it could really get any worse unless someone wants to throw up a potential merger again.
3: Uh, Brad, hello.
2: Evening all.
3: Yeah, hasn't been a great one, but we move on. Exciting times ahead, hopefully. And Danny
0: Prince is back. voice of Reason. Hello, Danny.
3: Evening, Ash. Evening, everyone. Good to be back um, after
4: missing last week. But I did listen back, and uh, I think we handled that situation as a collective really, really well. So, kudos to everybody who asked um, some really good questions and the way that um, the boys sort of yeah, answered them. I thought it was great.
0: Yes, yeah, so we received some nice feedback from some people uh, who listened to the spaces or listened to the podcast afterwards. To so think, we handled pretty well. We did our best. It was great, as we said. We had uh, uh, Nick from Hawk Talk Pod co-hosting last week. Thought it was important that uh, the entire uh, collective get together and uh, and have a chat about it. So, uh, thanks once again to him. Um, a bit to get through. We'll just touch briefly on the uh, what the latest coming out of the Hawks. Uh, the news is breaking all the time with regards to this. Certainly, there was a a, a letter to members. Jeff Kennett wrote a letter. Um, this evening to members, I imagine most of you who hopefully listen to this uh, space are members of the football club and have read it, it came out a couple of hours ago. Um, basically backing up, not a lot of really fresh stuff out of there other than to underline the good work or some of the great First Nations players who played for the club and made contributions. A bit of a background as to how the Phil Egan and his firm Bin Marder were uh, introduced to the football club to present their report. Uh, the quote here, it would be an understatement to say we were horrified at the stories that three of our past players and their partners had re- recorded. Uh, if the allegations were true, these individuals and their families have been subjected to some horrific and unacceptable behaviours. Um, to me, it was uh, Jeff Kennett wrote some bullet points down, and then the lawyers I think would have knocked this one. The language around, uh, the language of this one clearly is not Jeff Penn alone. He is a uh, co-authored this, I think, with the uh, very eminent uh, lawyers, you would think. Um, Darren, to get this one out to the members tonight, did you find anything particularly illustrating or illuminating out of it?
2: No, I think it was probably one of the better letters that Jeff has penned, and probably because he had a few people, I would suggest helping him write it. So uh, a bit more this time than just the club kind of ghostwriting his letters or or trying to fix all the typos. So it definitely felt like a very measured and, dare I say, legaled um, response, but um, it was quite refreshing to see something that wasn't very emotionally charged. Brad?
3: Uh, with you, Ash. Uh, it's now been over a week since the story broke, and it's only the first time we're hearing from Jeff. I know he's been overseas. He only came back a couple of days ago, but, yeah, like the letter was you know, good. Uh, he had to do it. But as uh, you said, that has got lawyers written all over it. That was not Jeff sitting by himself and uh, penning that. But the right things were definitely said. So he said all of the right things. But, yeah, uh, we know this is going to be a long and slow process. I know he mentioned in uh, the letter it would be good for it to be over quickly, but that's not going to happen.
0: So, yeah. The um, key takeaway um, of had some conversation with some people about this over the course of the week, as have one or two others of uh, amongst us. Uh, there's obviously a concern, and we touched on this last week, the reputation of the club, uh, how much of battering the club will be taking. Well, the news, the takeaways out of that are quite interesting. From uh, It is our understanding that Hawthorne's sponsors have been very supportive of the club. Certainly the club reached out to them and was very proactive at the start when the story broke last week. Understanding is that the player uh, the, the sponsors, who are so important to the club, obviously have really uh, have, have got right behind the club. Have been uh, super pleased with how the club has handled everything uh, before the story broke, and subsequent to that, the commercial fallout. I think out of this will be uh, minimal. Uh, it sounds like the the next thing obviously will be membership um, and how many members feel that they. Uh, don't want to renew the membership of the football club as a result of this, but and uh, certainly from taking the pulse of uh, fellow members of the football media uh, around the grand final last Saturday, would also suggest Hawthorne's reputation is in pretty good stead. Most people believe that Hawthorne did the right thing in followed uh, all the right steps. There being it's, it's the actions of past people rather than the present football club uh, that have brought this about, which is sort of what we talked about last week. It uh, was reinforced over the weekend. So. Perhaps Hawthorne will come out of this okay. Um, we'll talk about the Peter battle, medal, but obviously there's a couple of keynote addresses we'll be looking forward to out of that on Saturday night, one being Jeff Kennett, although I'm not sure how much more he can say after this letter. Sam Mitchell's speech on Saturday night will be illustrative as well, I think, to see as, uh, as the leader of the club more than anyone else at the moment, Sam. So... We wait to hear what he has to say. Now, does any of you guys want to say anything more about this before we move on?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that it's clear that we're starting to get that separation from um, the club today and the club when all of this sort of stuff was happening. And I think that's going to be really important We're talking about... Uh, Players coming in and, and talking about Sammy being able to guide the club without the you know all of this hanging over his head. Um, with the Kennett stuff, I, I'm told that he actually briefed all of staff yesterday um, and that that went pretty well. So um, I, I think the letter was fantastic and actually a really good justification. There are a lot of people over the first few days saying we haven't heard from him, where is he, you know, the jokes around uh Jeff uh signing on to go again because we need some stability at the club. <laughs> oh, I think the letter was a you know today's letter was spot on, perfect and also just you know highlighted the it's okay to just step back and give it a little bit of time to put everything into perspective, the pieces of the puzzle together. I think it was a great letter and um yeah, we're starting to get that separation that, that hopefully next week brings as well as as we get into some of the more exciting discussion around, you know, trade and draft.
0: All right. So I think we're going to put a bow on that for now. Um, if anything, yeah, obviously, we'll keep addressing it over the next little while as, as stories break. But really, is an AFL matter as much as anything now and uh, and, and more talking, to, obviously, to Clarko, Chris Fagan and Jason Burt as the former Portland people involved in this. Uh, that's where the story is directing now. So we're going to move on. Uh, Saturday's grand final. And now uh, what we did, uh, we put out on the uh, Twitter beforehand as well. There is a picture uh, doing the rounds on social media. five on players, presumably walking the streets of Munich at Oktoberfest uh, in their lederhosen. It is Will Day, Dylan Moore, Jack Scrimshaw, Emerson Jacker, and Sam Butler we put the challenge and the call out to people to come up with a name for the boy band that they look like the clubhouse leader. So far we see is who? Uh,
1: it's small bovine who is actually in and listening at the moment, referring to them as the Bach street boys. (laughs) Uh, there are a, a couple of other, uh, good ones as well. Wrong direction, uh, from old mate, Dave Thompson got a run. Um, we had, uh, I think Nick actually from Ork Talk Pod um, said T-R-O-U-B-L-E as the name of the boy band. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a few good suggestions there. And if any more sort of pop up over the next 50 minutes or so, I'll, I'll make sure they get a decent shout out.
0: Yeah, so Bark Street Boy is raising the bar very high, very good. If you can beat that, please let us know. As always, what was wrong
2: uh, with the 2025 Lederhosen Group? There's there's
1: nothing wrong with any of these suggestions, Daz. Just uh, some are uh, just you know, thought, like, just thought yeah. I may
2: have got a shout out. That's all.
1: <laughs>
0: very good, very good. Um, as always with uh, spaces, if you want to have a, if you want to take part, got a question or comment or observation, make yourself known that you want to speak. We will get to you over the course of the next forty to fifty minutes or so. So Isaac Smith is now a four-time Premiership player. Uh, he was, and Not only that, he is the oldest North Swift medalist in history playing a big part in the Geelong Grand Final. When I was at the game and uh, uh, thought Smith probably was best on ground because he did his work, did so much good work early. Fair case to argue upon reviewing the game. Uh, not that I have, but others who've reviewed it forensically since then say that actually Paddy Dangerfield might have been the best player on ground and probably was more deserving of the Normie than Isaac Smith, um, is a very divisive issue. Uh, he's north with medal. I managed to speak to him at the game briefly afterwards and wishing congratulations. And uh, I've said this before. He actually is a super guy, Isaac Smith, and to know him, you can't but feel very happy for him. Um, but our our uh, we, the account the Isaac Smith accounted Hawks insiders blogs firmly to you, Darren. So what were your thoughts? I understand you didn't watch the game, but uh, you decided to do a a one-person boycott. But what were your thoughts when you heard he'd won the North Smith medal?
2: Well, I've since gone and reviewed that game five or six times. Um, No, I'm I'm kidding. I watched... I was preparing food, so I watched probably seven minutes of it. um, And I'll never, ever watch another minute in my life of that game. But I must admit that I'm still, like, not okay with everything with with Isaac Smith, but I think the hurts kind of softened a little bit. And because the worst possible nightmares happen now, I think I can move on from it. How do we
0: feel about, um, we'll get to you in a, in a second moment. Um, how do we feel about the fact that spotted in the rooms after the game were Jack Saunders, who was actually one of the first people in there, quite remarkable. If anyone's ever been to the rooms of the MCG, there's like a viewing area. Behind the netting, it's like a you know a couple of a couple of steps. It's a raised platform. Jack Saunders was in there well before the players got in there, and I still to this day haven't been able to work out what his connection to the twenty twenty two Geelong Premiership team was. If someone knows, please let us know. Uh, James Warple apparently we see, had his picture taken as well. Our uh, Lockie Bramble uh, possibly wearing a Geelong scarf. Is that Bramble's right?
1: and- Bramble's the issue. He absolutely had the Geelong scarf on and. Um, you know, we had a bit of commentary around it and understand they could potentially be in there because they're all, sure. all mates and all of that sort of stuff. But uh, I don't know. Oh, wearing a another club scarf, yeah, that's just not on for me. And, Ash, I, I posed the question that, yes, you can respect what they've done and they're nice guys. And I think you asked, is it okay that you shook Brad Scott's hand and all that sort of stuff? My response was, were you wearing a Geelong scarf when you were doing it? Uh, of course you weren't. So, uh, I mean, that, that for me was just, uh, yeah, there's phones out and about all the time, especially at those celebrations. And, you know, you would do that with some sort of sense of knowing that you're going to get snapped wearing a scarf of another club. And it just doesn't sit that well with me.
0: Well, he was. Uh, he was. The question was then posed to him on social media: uh, what, "What the hell are you doing?" And uh, he did say something like, uh, "My heart is, and then a brown heart and a gold heart." So um, I don't think it makes a big difference. And we do know that these players are all drawn from the same uh, pool these days, um, and it doesn't really make a huge difference. They're all made since from under-18s and NAB League and what have you days and national championship days, and they all go the separate ways. When they play footy together, and I think uh, Lockie Bramble will have, have great pleasure. If he's close to some people at Geelong, I suspect, just like you, we see you always want to beat up your brother on the tennis court or at cricket. I am sure that when it comes to Easter Monday next year, he'll be super pumped to have one over his mate. That's for
1: the record, true, he actually, I
2: guess. Yeah. I was going to no, say, for know. the record, he actually supports the Pies. So that <laughs> made it a bit kind of less shocking for me, but I still I, I agree with WC. I don't think it was a great look.
1: I also I mean, at the end of the day, he hasn't gone to another club when we've really wanted to stay and re-sign him and and just left us going to, you know, chase similar coins, similar length contract for a premiership somewhere else. So, Lockie Bramble's still okay in my eyes. Uh, Moran, good evening. You got a question for us. Good to have you back.
5: Oh, yeah, no, look, it's not so much a question. Apologies. It's really more of an observation Um, just on Isaac Smith. I sort of, uh, I was actually staying very positive with it, glass half full, in terms of his contribution on Saturday. I, I too, didn't watch a minute of the game. It's the first grand final I've missed in a few, you know few decades um but I, I love the fact that smithy I've, I've, I've been holding it over um geelong fans wherever i can pointing out to them that they finally needed someone from hawthorne to get them back over the hump again after over a decade um, but the thing about their win was for me uh, geelong were they're just forever living in our shadow because wasn't the too old too slow too good thing coined in 1991 isn't that isn't that our phrase from our premiership and they're even trying to Re-engineer that to make that a Geelong thing. So I was very, um, I was very comfortable with the out, uh, with the outcome of their premiership on um, on Saturday. The only you other make, thing is-
0: you make it, you make a good point on that. Firstly, Hawthorne made two mistakes around that period. Number one was uh, not playing, giving Noah Anderson one more season at the Footy Club, by which uh, Dean Anderson at, at one more year at Hawthorn, which would have made Noah Anderson. A father-son selection. The other one was not copywriting.
5: Too old, too slow, too good. <laughs> and the only other thing I want to say about the scarf, because I'm I'm only just finding this out tonight, but um, we sort of had a very similar occurrence in uh, rugby league with last season's grand final, where um, a, a West Tigers player was seen wearing a Penrith jersey um, after the after the grand final, sort of celebrating their win. Now, he, uh, Dane Laurie, he used to play there, um, but I think. I actually sort of side probably a bit with you on that one, Ash. In terms of, it is easy to forget that at the end of the day, these got these are young young men, and on grand final day, your season's over. You get into the spirit; these things happen. Yeah, I'm I'm not too worked up over um Lockie with the, the uh, Geelong scarf.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, you're happy for your mates, and you move on. And uh, I don't think it'll mean one figure difference when Bramble comes back to pre-season in a few weeks, and then plays against Strong on Easter Monday next year. Hopefully dominates with 25 touches uh, on a wing or across half-back. Now, of course, I, uh, Isaac Smith is the segue into Jack Gunston. Is Jack Gunston trying to replicate the Isaac Smith move by moving from the rebuilding Hawks to a team with a premiership window? I'm personally sad. Uh, Jack Gunston's my favourite Hawthorne player. has been for a few years. I've loved watching him play. His ability to conjure up a goal from... From nowhere, usually a very reliable kick, a huge tank. Got to know him a bit over the journey as well, and his old man as well. So I'm personally quite sad to see him go, on a personal note, but I think I understand it from a football perspective. Uh, Danny, he's not going to be in Hawthorne's next Premiership team, and I think all personnel decisions at Hawthorne at the moment have to be based around, is his player going to be in the Hawthorne Premiership team window, which will open up hopefully around 25, 20, 2025 or 2026. What say so you? I, I agree
4: with your sentiments there, Ash. I think the only issue there is that the Hawks actually did want to keep Jack. Um, if you believe uh, the media narrative, it was that Jack wanted a change of scenery. So um, as much as everything you've said is true, I think um, from from the club's perspective I think they would have preferred to keep him around from a leadership perspective um, guiding in and ushering in the next generation Um, but I look at it from a full club list rebuild perspective and I think if we're serious about bottoming out and and starting again then um, Jack was probably a bit too good to have both he and Luke Bruce in the forward line they keep us probably more competitive than we want to be next year. So um, I think long-term, it's it's the right thing for the club. Short-term, it hurts, definitely. Uh, and to lose um, another great of our footy club, um, and it just feels like we just seem to lose all of them and they finish their careers everywhere else. And I think it's another, um, one of the sort of tarnished Parts of Clarkson's legacy at the Hawks not to sink the boot in on Clarkson at the moment but opening that door for Mitchell and Lewis and Hodge and then Virtual and, uh, and, and Isaac Smith and Jack Gunston you know all of these greats of our football club to be able to finish their career not as one club players but as uh, two and three club players I think is Slightly disappointing. So, from that point of view, I know I know Jack Gunston was an Adelaide player um, initially, but um, yeah, you would like to see a few more of these guys finish on their own terms at the Hawthorne Footy Club. But you can understand from Jack's point of view why going to the Lions is attractive. They're a competitive team right now. They've just lost Dan McStay, and he'll slot in there. He'll be he'll be incredibly good uh, for their forward line, and it'll show. Um, Hipwood and Danaher, what it is to be a consistent forward. Um, and, you know, he gets a lifestyle of living his last few seasons as a professional footballer in in the Sunshine
0: State. It's not a bad gig. Um, the Hawthorne forward line has been a bit of a mess the last few years. I mean, it, it certainly add to School of Thought, Brad. This is uh, your wheelhouse to come in. The forward line's been, uh, well, I'm not sure. What's been worse last uh, was worst this season. Just guy on the midfield or the forward line. Certainly, losing gunston is going to make it a struggle for Hawthorne to kick winning uh, winning scores next year on a regular basis.
3: Absolutely, if we thought the forward line was bad the last couple of years, just wait for the next couple of years. It's going to be very hard to watch at times. But in saying that, at least sort of give us the opportunity to see the likes of uh, Sarong. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Jecker, who played a bit back last year, I think he needs to be moved forward next year, at least to start the season. I'd rather him play over uh, Cozzie. Uh, but the forward line next year is going to be incredibly poor. I put a tweet out yesterday. Our key forward stocks for round one next year is looking like uh, Lewis, Cozzie and Sarong at the moment. And if hopefully, as I said, Jekka goes forward. Uh, we've obviously got uh, uh, Wingard will come back. Luke Bruce is obviously there. We know what we're going to get from Brewster. But our forward line, even with Jack Gunston, struggled. So I don't know where those you know 40 goals are going to come from. But someone's going to have to really stand up. Uh, Lewis at the moment is our only key forward who we know is going to go out there and perform week in, uh, week out. And he needs a number two, as we saw Back end of last year, he got injured a bit, but he really struggled when he you know, came up against the bigger defenders when we lacked that second key forward. So I think the forward line is going to be a real big problem uh, next season, and I don't know what the solution is. So that's going to be a big watch the space. Sam and his team have a lot of work to do.
0: Daddy, wouldn't the thinking be that they... We talk about the next Premiership team, three of the Hawthorne forwards... For next season, would have been Bruce, Gunston, and Wingard, not, none of whom were likely to be in the next Premiership t- team. Maybe Wingard, possibly, but the other two, absolutely not. But they've just, they've just got to take that step backwards, play play younger players, and, and, and rebuild the forward line around younger players. Yeah, I think so I I they've think... I tried to keep him. But yeah. That, um, probably, if they really wanted to keep him, they would have given him three years.
4: Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. And I think. We probably looking at the list composition don't have the the spread of those premiership um, players in the right areas. Like um, you know, the, we're, we're probably looking. And if there was takers last year, Wingard and and Omira and Mitchell were probably all out the door if the possibility was there. But um, you know, having having quality players in the same positions does limit the games that can be afforded to the Sarongs and the Butlers and the. Um, the Brockmans and young forwards like that, so we do need to find that balance. So I think I think like I said, we'll take a step back next year, no doubt. Uh, losing Gunston, losing forty to forty-five goals a year, as well as the um, the way he sort of sets up our forward line and the flexibility he gives us, that's um, that's a huge loss, and we will absolutely take a, a step backwards. But um, for the long term, I think. Making those cuts, and I, I mean, I all in now. I think you know, move on, Mitchell. Um, if if anybody's tempted by Omir, I would possibly move him on too, and um, and just commit to it. So, yeah, I think that's uh, it's all about long term
0: now. All right. So we say goodbye to Jack Gunston, um, a super player. will uh, be, I'm sure he will be uh, farewell very warmly at the Peter Coombs Medal on Saturday night. So. And uh, throws up discussion uh, who who gets number 19 in Hawthorne next year, which becomes a, a, a good old guessing game, one we will tackle a bit later on. Been a couple of re-signings at Hawthorne. Um, over the last few days, Everson Jacker gets another season uh, for the club, as does Tyler Brockman. Good news there, um, Darren. We thought for a long year we speculated that um, Brockman was on his way out.
2: Yeah, look, it's great news, and he's a super exciting talent. Uh, I think we forget how good Brockman um, was, as you know, in, in, in those first few games he played, and he just had a really uh, bad injury last year. And I, I kind of watched that game and watched it happen, and um, it's exciting to think of him in, in the forward line next year. I wonder if. Look, I don't know how these things work, um, and Danny, I'm keen to hear your perspective on this. But maybe the one year is to try and get a bit of trade currency. Is that something that they can do?
4: I don't think they'd sign him to a deal and trade him straight away. I'm not sure if you can. Um, I actually think the one year deal is a is a make or break season. Like this is, you know, your last chance to put it together uh, before you drop off the list. To be honest.
0: Wait, so sorry, you want to say something. What? Well, jump in. First, sorry. Uh,
1: no, no, not a problem. It was just, um, I actually saw someone on Twitter mention a stat and Brad's definitely been talking about the, the forward line and, and that being an issue. And it was really interesting. So I actually went back and had a look. And this season was the highest percentage of games in a season since 2017 that we've kicked 80 points or more in a match which is head-scratching in itself. It probably speaks just as much about the the years before it, but losing Gunston then, like oh, that really hurts in terms of the number of goals we're going to keep. Um, just, just one yes. other question, I guess. Um, with Gunston choosing, I mean, personally, my issue with it, and I 100% agree, they're people, they're humans, they've got their own lives and lifestyles and all of that sort of stuff to to worry about and can make their own decisions. Good luck to them. Um, that, that Gunston and Smith and these guys have been able to get club success thanks to everything that we've had at our club and we've given that to them. And especially someone like Gunston, who we could have got a first rounder for a couple of years ago, then... Um, is collecting what, four or five hundred K for a year while we're supporting him with a with a massive back injury and getting him back in and you want him to stay for a few years to help support the next generation. That's what makes it disappointing and and I'm curious to hear what you guys think in terms of how that elevates the way we look at a Luke Bruce by the end of his career that he he definitely had the opportunity over the last couple of years to walk into any other club pretty much to get that success and said, no, I want to stay at Hawthorne.
0: Oh, I think the legend of Luke Bruce only grows now, doesn't it? He
1: will be, when he does retire,
0: he will be um, absolutely adored by Hawthorne people because of fact uh, he did stay when so many others didn't, and he could have left. So it just makes him all the more, more special uh, a Hawthorne person and uh, a prey to be celebrated.
2: I just want I want to play devil's advocate because I know that Luke Bruce moved just moved into a new place a couple of years ago and there's also that that comes into it. I, I think club loyalty is a bit overrated at times, even if you are obviously a premiership hero. And I don't want to take that away from Luke Bruce, but I think definitely with, with Gunston, the circumstances with his father... Like needing, I, I cannot begrudge someone who's gone through that sort of trauma to want to change environments, and so, you know, absolutely, he has my blessing, and I would never ever hold that against him. But it, you, people's lives really do play a major role in these decisions as much as their loyalty to the club, and I would say probably way more to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think the language around his departure—if you read the, the, the words from the football club. Acknowledging that he was had a contract to remain, but I think that the language would have been different had, had uh, he just decided had his father not passed away, the the you know the the, the family tragedy uh, over the uh, during the season, the language would be different if he was leaving the club now. I think, but I think you can't you can't do anything other than him the very best given what he's been through. Let's talk about now. Now, interesting to see that. Uh, did not see that uh, Brisbane have not said that they haven't announced Gunson's arrival yet as a free agent? It hasn't been unless I've missed it, Brad. Which would lead me to suggest that they, that end up might be a trade of some sort, Is it, it, rather than just being a, uh, a free, uh, moving as a free agent, because Brisbane desperately need to keep the compensation they're going to get for Dan McStay in order to uh, all the deals they need to do the, the, uh, yeah. over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: think it'll obviously free agency officially kicks off uh, tomorrow. So we'll hopefully get the picture of Carl at Amon in front of uh, the Kennedy uh, statue, which we always see when our new guys come to the club. But I think uh, you're right. It looks like the way Gunston's going to get to Brisbane is hopefully for us is going to be through a trade. It'll be interesting to see what we get for him. It'll probably be a future, I would say, it'll end up being like a future pick, hopefully a future third round draft pick. Um, but I reckon, yeah, the way Gunston gets to Brisbane is going to be by trade. Obviously, they lose uh, McStay to Collingwood. But they also, Brisbane, are going to be desperate for points because they obviously need to get Will Ashcroft into the club. He's going to be pick one. And they're going to have to find a solution to get Josh Dunkley into the club as well. So it's going to be and, an interesting to- really and, interesting for Brisbane.
0: And Jasper Fletcher as well, Adrian Fletcher's son. Uh, so they've got a lot of work to do Brisbane. So they need to keep as many points um as they can um, going forward. so
1: that, that's the one piece of power that we've got in this play right that obviously you can choose them he's a he's a free agent he can go to them um, but it's actually in their best interest to trade with us so we can we can somewhat use that as a tiny bit of leverage whether it's slipping up the order from a second to a first or a third to a second and Prinzi might have more of an idea on the specifics of it, but we've got some leverage there because that is always going to be better off for them from an overall points point of view than us going, well, bugger you, and and him slipping through and and reducing the compensation from a mixed-day point of view.
4: Yeah, it's spot on, Weesey, and um, if you look at the wording on the little website release that the Lions did have, they've actually said... Hawthorne forward Jack Gunston has informed the Brisbane Lions of his desire to join the club through the upcoming trade period. The Brisbane Lions will now proceed to secure Jack by the by the available measures in the upcoming free agency period. So that's really leaves it open for um for for a trade and I think that's the way it's heading because just the sheer points that they'd lose on McStay's compensation, um is is just not worth it for them, especially with, the like we said, the Josh Dunkley, Jasper Fletcher, Will Ashcroft. They need a bunch of points and picks, so um, they'd be looking at any means they can. They're going to have to be really creative, the Lions, and, and we might be able to leverage that a
0: little bit um, to our advantage as well. Danny, do you think Hawthorne also, in terms of wheeling and dealing over the next uh, 10, 12 days, whatever it is, is Hawthorne already planning for a 2023 draft where they want to uh, make sure they've got a point for, for uh, Will McCabe? I think they'll look at it. But I think the beautiful thing about future picks is that there's
4: always future picks. So, um, you know, that, I think that the Hawks' first and second focuses will be trying to get as many draft picks in the top sort of 25 to 30. And Mackenzie touched on it in his little video this evening. Um, they'll be wanting to get to increase their draft hand for this year. That'll be the biggest focus. Um, if they can get some picks for next year, I think that's a bonus. But um, I think they'll back themselves in that, um, that you know, they can do that in next year's trade period if they need to. Um, and you can always – I think the Demons have done it really well in the last few years where they keep trading their future first and getting back into the draft year that they're in. And, and there's a bit of flexibility around that. So um, I think they might look at
0: it, but I don't think it'll be their focus. Their focus will be improving their draft hand for this year. All right, and Danny, one other question for you: Would you like to see tomorrow, whenever it's Carl Amon, when he the picture Brad mentioned the picture in front of the candy statue? Surely, a club needs to be original and go down the English soccer route of having them holding up the scarf. Love it, love it. As long as it's not a why don't we ever see that star. in the AFL? We don't see it,
4: do we? But they always do it in their Premier League. Um, yeah. So hey, look, Ash, you told us we're not allowed to talk about Premier League here, but um, I like that you've brought it up. I think. Um, Maybe, maybe we can go half and half and have him holding up a Hawthorne scarf in front of the, the
0: Kennedy statue. Yeah, I think that uh, looks like the way to go. Stuart, good evening. Uh, you got a question?
6: Uh, yes, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, firstly, uh, thank you to Danny. Um, a few weeks ago, um, I sp- spoke with you guys about my concern that I was feeling more neg- negative than Brad. Went and saw the GP, got an ointment, all cleared up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, very
6: good. Um, se- secondly, um, the, with this draft, um, the the two that I'm most interested in, from a, a well, from a trade perspective, uh, Ollie Henry, and um, and also um, Jack Bowes. I, I don't. I think Jack's a really good player, by the way. But I think that uh, if there is any way that we can snaffle that and. And Gold Coast pick seven, I think that would be, uh, or currently pick seven, that would be a um, an awesome uh, outcome for the draft uh, for the trade period for us.
0: Danny, you've got a theory on this?
4: Yeah, I mean that'd be a home run. I think I think um, Ollie Henry uh, is just as likely as everybody else to head down to the Cattery. Um, it seems like everybody that's uh, moving is heading to the Cats this year, which is phenomenal list management if the Cats can pull it off. But um, uh, I think the Hawks need to absolutely throw everything at Jack Bowes. And um, I think I've got a piece coming out, a trade uh, trade period primer piece coming out tomorrow. So I don't want to spoil it too much. But I think that the Hawks have a, a bit of a, um, a trump card to play in, this, in the Bowes race by increasing the contract length and money – um, to really blow the competition out of the water. The, you know, the Cats will have some space, but they don't have the sort of cap space that we have. They don't have the guarantees um, around playing time that we have around, you know, holes in the list so he can play in his preferred position. And I absolutely agree with you, um, Stuart. I, I, I rate him as a player full stop. And he was really highly rated in his draft year. I think he was picked, picked 10 by the, go- by the Suns. They matched a bid there. And, um, and, look, he's, he's had an in- interrupted last couple of years. But I think I saw a stat earlier today that, you know, he's averaging over 100, uh, 105 uh, super coach points. Now, they're not, not the perfect um, stat. And I'm not uh, – I don't want to lose all credibility by referencing it as, as a way to, you know, show if a player's good or not. But it gives an indication that he can find the footy and use it well. And uh, in 2021, before he, before he had an injury and he had a shoulder reconstruction, I believe – in the preseason this year, he was playing some really good footy, and the and the Suns plan to use him through the midfield this year. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think he, he's worth getting just by himself. Um, if we can get that second pick, that's that's uh, that's a ten out of ten draft pick for us.
6: Yeah, I I, I agree with the idea of. Um, there's been a lot of talk about smoothing uh, his payments over another year or or some something like that. I think you just pay him. We've got, as you said, we've got the cap, um, and um, and that's how, because you are you are paying to to get the the pick, um, but um, outright, you can, rather than uh, super coach uh, points, call them, if you call them champion data ratings, it sounds a lot better. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that, I agree with everything you've said there. Um.
0: I think that uh, it would be an enormous fill-up for Hawthorne. I mean, it's a very competitive race for Bosier Geelong. Essendon North are in the race as well. It might be one of the club as well. And Hawthorne all bidding for it. I think Essendon have got their dirty noses in it too now with Brad Scott. So if Hawthorne was able to uh, win that battle for him, I think that would be a huge fill-up for supporters and a tremendous vote of confidence for, for the club, I think, given uh, all the stuff that is going on. Patrick, good evening.
3: I was just wondering, do you think the Hawks will announce the new apparel partner before the start of free, the all the free agency pitches? And also, do you think we get an update on Dingley and Tasmania at the Peter Crimmins medal on Saturday, or will that be later in the off-season? Uh,
0: it's probably not much going to be happening on, on those fronts of the PCM. The Apparel sponsor, they'll do it with a big splash at some stage. I think, I mean, they could do something with a... They could use the unveiling of a new player to, um, uh, you know, they could put Carl Amon or Lloyd Meek or whoever in the new gear uh, to announce them when it comes out. But I think they'll make a big splash about that uh, later in the year. I still think they're trying to get flog all the out of that merchandise at, uh, at the uh, at the at the club shop before they get too into the ready, the new uh, the new um, apparel. But they'll start they'll start training in um, sort of after. Sort of middle of November, the first to four-year players will come back. So I, I imagine we'll see something by then because they'll be training. in the new I apparel. think I read
3: somewhere that the Adidas sponsorship ends in October, so that might be
0: that as well. Yeah, it might be that they've got to, look, I wasn't there, sure. Sorry. Yeah, the football year, the football year finished. The football financial year finishes October thirty-first. So all contracts in football pretty much run through to October thirty-first. So it might just be that. Uh, they're contractually bound not to do anything until uh, 1st of November. But uh, the club has uh, got an excellent social media team uh, and a media team in general. So I think the club will make a a suitable splash at the right time. And um, there'll be no shortage of content around the new sponsor when they, um, when they announce it. Thanks, Patrick. Good to hear from you. Um, we're going to play a little game where, this is, I think, uh, Danny's suggestion here. We're going to throw around all the names of players who are who have been floated in the trade. Some we know won't get to Hawthorne, but we might just do a yes, no, maybe um, and, and see and have a bit of fun with that over the next uh, little next few minutes before we do a PCM preview. Um, the first one is, uh, and he's almost certainly going to go to Port Adelaide after lying through his teeth at his meter stop at and- at Adelaide Airport yesterday. Jack Graham, can we see him in Hawthorne? Any, any way, shape, form? Daddy, you kick it off?
4: Uh, I think Jack Graham would have been a good fit of the Hawks actually, because we need that type of a midfielder to support uh, our young midfield brigade. Obviously there's no way it's going to happen. Um, he's only gone to Adelaide for uh, family reasons. Ash, how dare you even uh, question his, <laughs> uh, his comments there, but um, Ken, Hinkley, he just accidentally bumped into Ken Hinckley at, at, at Alberton. It was just a pure fluke. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, that's the sort of player if you're looking at somebody. But again, like I said, I think in our group chat, uh, as long as you're not giving up the farm to sign him because we really can't afford to be giving up first or second round picks in the next couple
0: of drafts. Yeah, he wouldn't be worth that at all. Now, this player is interesting because apparently, I don't know, We see you had dropped this one, apparently spotted touring the facilities, Collingwood's Caleb Poulter.
1: Yeah, didn't know too much about him uh, other than, uh, you know, Collingwood uh, full of wingmen and uh, again just from some social interactions it was dropped that he had potentially toured the facilities at Waverley and certainly amongst our WhatsApp group the notion was that given he might not cost a lot he'd be the exact sort of player that we'd be after to add to to the list within that age demographic
0: you don't think we've been already bitten the bum by Collingwood wingmen
1: uh yeah, for me once. Shame on me. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that um, at the end of the day, you back in our um, the team uh, that are doing their due diligence and if they say he's good to go, he's good to go. Simple as that.
0: Darren, your love for Geelong wingman knows no bounds. Quinton
2: Um, I think I've seen enough of Narkel to know that I, I think... There's a ceiling there and I don't think we're going to get the best out of him, unfortunately. I think he's a good player, I really do. But um, I just, I just don't think he's going to kind of hit his peak at the Hawks, unfortunately.
0: Uh, Brad, Lloyd Meek?
2: Absolutely. Uh,
3: one of the many positions on the ground we lack uh, depth in. Max Lynch obviously showed some, you know, all right signs last year, but was injured for most of uh, the season. The Ruck is interesting. I know Daz is very uh, big on our current situation in uh, the Ruck. Uh, Reeves obviously starts as uh, the number one, but who is the McAvoy uh, replacement? Is Lynch going to be fit enough? Is he good enough? Lloyd Meek, if he comes to the club, would, in my opinion, start the season off as our number two and will be in our best 22. He can go forward. He can take a strong mark. He can kick a goal. So... Lloyd make for me for what he will cost is an absolute yes. If you not make Lloyd, Daddy? How
0: do I do the deal for Make Lloyd? Make Lloyd, uh,
3: Mike.
4: Mike Lloyd sounds, like, he sounds like a rapper. <laughs> uh, we might we might dub him that if he comes to the Hawks. I reckon that's that's who he is. Uh, that's a good question. It depends on what um it depends on what Freo want from him um for him. To be honest, I mean, I don't think they can drive too hard a bargain if they're looking to keep Rory lobb you know, they're probably going to... They've got Lobb and they'll have Jackson and they'll have Darcy all ahead of him. So they can't expect a King's ransom. He'd be the sort of player I'd be looking to try to uh, flip a future pick for to try to get him in uh, in this window and then try to, you know, get that future pick from somewhere else.
0: Okay. Um, uh, Andrew, I have the name Will Setterfield here.
1: Yeah, well, he is definitely someone that... Um, that can get a hell of a lot of it at VFL level. And even when he played his a- AFL matches for the Blues this year, um, and you probably should have gone to Brad since he, you know, knows every single Carlton player's That's stats right. and numbers and um, would probably be saying yes because he's represented the Navy Blue. But no, I think he's young enough. He's, um, he would add depth to the midfield unit. Um, having said that, um, potentially prefer others, but we can play and should probably get a chance somewhere. I'm just not sure it's with us.
0: Brad, Liam Stocker.
3: Uh, Liam Stocker is, for me, would be a no, just because I think our backline has enough depth and. Our talent there. I think our list management has built our team from the back line over the last couple of years. I think he's a talented player I think he's going to get an opportunity somewhere uh, I think he's going to be a very good player. I just don't think he would fit into our current team. I think Blake Hardwick plays the position Stocker plays better than Stocker would and does play uh, and I would say Stocker would be a no but I still think he'd get another gig somewhere else. Brad, when you say
4: "our," what club are you referring to? Hawthorne. Okay, cool.
0: Daz, who next? Aaron Francis.
2: Uh, I'm going to say yes. Now that Gunston's on his way, I, I think no. especially. Sorry. Please no. I don't. I don't mind Francis. Am I going to get absolutely torn apart for saying that? I'm Actually, with you, Daz. He's
3: gonna end up you watch Francis go to Sydney or a or a top eight side and he's gonna end up becoming a very, very good player.
1: Isn't that um, where Peter
2: Laddams went? <laughs> but we've got a way better culture than Sydney, so you know <laughs> I think um I think Francis top six pick, top pick six, um coming into his prime as a forward, he's, he kills us every time. So at least he's not going to do that. Um, but I think I think he's not a bad senior body there in the forward line in, Gun- in Gunston's absence. Okay. Uh,
0: Danny, Xavier O'Halloran.
4: Um, I'm on the fence with O'Halloran. Uh, I think he is a fairly talented player, a bit no frills, um, but if if it was like for a for a really late pick, yeah, like as a throw him a lifeline, give him a chance, um, I'd I'd look at him, I'd look at him. Uh, but I'm not I'm,
0: I'm I'm not too fussed either way. Who's he? Um, Riley collier Dawkins.
1: Uh, throw me someone I don't know that much about. Um, yeah, probably not best place to answer but obviously he was a high draft pick wasn't he and hasn't had as much opportunity Uh, again I think uh, there'll come a time where it's like there are players like him on the list or available Uh, same as the couple we've got unsigned and then you'll just be making calls but he's not a he's not someone that jumps out of me as we need to seriously look at him and go hard and get him so not really for me. Brad, Lockie Hunter?
3: Uh, Lockie, that's an interesting one. I think he's definitely, would definitely be in our best 22, probably be in our top 12. Hunter's a worry for me. He's had a lot of off-field problems. Uh, You know, we've seen it there at the Western Bulldogs. I don't think he's in the right age demographic for us. I think we need to try and find quality players, you know, 25-plus. But I don't think culturally and off-field, I think too much baggage. But I I think he's a very good player. But I just think for where our list is at the moment, the type of play he is off-field, I would say no.
0: All right. And finally, I'll throw this open to you. Uh, Danny, Sam Wiedemann.
4: No, thanks for me. Um, He's had enough chances in a really poor, tall forward line at Melbourne with great service. If he can't um, stake a claim in that forward line, um, I think he would absolutely struggle with the kind of service that our midfielders give our forwards. So,
5: no thank you.
0: And uh, one we have got here, we you could to go to West Coast, is uh, Jaden Hunt as a free agent. Daz?
2: Oh, yeah, I'll take Hunt for sure. I really would. But not going to happen.
1: Oh, I would no. counter that and say, "What is he twenty nine? And we've got halfback flankers galore, so thanks anyway."
0: Yeah,
4: I echo Weesey there. I don't think we need somebody else who can't kick a footy at all. <laughs> Jeez,
0: I didn't know who's twenty nine. <laughs> wow, uh, not twenty nine. He's about twenty seven or something. Not quite twenty nine, but uh, he. Uh, well, I think I mean it was quite similar to Carl Amon who we're getting, who Carl Amon who got how many Brownlow votes was it? 12, 14, 15? 15 yeah, round of
2: votes for Eamon.
0: And, and not one coach's award. <laughs> oh,
2: I, I actually like Hunt on the wing. I think I was thinking of him more as a, a sort of winger, but, yeah. ten turns 28 in April. 28 yeah. in April.
0: So they're, they're the ones who've been thrown around. Um, if you believe Damien Barrett and not everyone does, Hawthorne are going to be more active in this space than people believe they will be. So there might be a name out there. We've mentioned, or some we haven't quite met, haven't mentioned yet,
2: who may
0: end up playing for Hawthorne next year. Uh, as a reminder, we'll be doing nightly spaces from Monday night all through the trade period to just wrap up the day and throw things around. They won't be as long as, as our regular Thursday spaces, they'll be a bit briefer, but just uh, we will recap every bit of trade news as it happens next week. Through a brown and gold lens uh, from eight thirty every evening. All right,
1: Ash. A couple, couple more, yes. couple more quick suggestions. Uh, we've got Verse Life uh, and Von Bush Trapp. As Bush, <laughs> well, depends which uh, uh, which neck of the woods you're in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yes, Von Trap uh, as another suggestion as well. So they're pouring oh. in. A couple also, of good ones there.
0: Also very good. I think uh, uh, Buck Street Boys still is the leader at the moment. Um, PCM is on um, Saturday night. Forget the Brownlow, forget the uh, coaches awards, forget everything else. This is football's night of nights. The greatest night of the football calendar is the Peter Cummins Medal. It takes place at the home of all club best and fairest, Crown Palladium. Um, I want to have crowd all the filth that McConnell was there the night before and uh, Spruce place up nicely for Hawthorne people to come in on Saturday night. Uh, we had a preview piece on the Substack. Uh, we went around the table with our previews, so I thought it'd be worth rehashing tonight on the Substack. So I'll just go around and give you your 3-2-1 your and, um, and another award in particular that... Uh, that that takes your eye. So, we see 3-2-1 for Peter well
1: Yeah, I gave my three to James Sicily. I think he, oh, well, depends which way you're placing that third, second, first. I think he'll win by a country mile. Um, I gave my second spot to Jai Newcombe. Uh, and my third spot I gave to Blake Hardwick with um, Dylan Moore probably close behind. What I think will be really interesting Ash is two of the guys that that I'm really looking forward to seeing how they vote. So Blake Hardwick's finished top three a couple of times um, and probably surprised some people and on the flip side, Jack Scrimshaw last year we all thought he'd finish top five and I think from memory struggled to top ten but We've got a totally new selection panel this year, don't we? So it'll be really, really, and, interesting. and it
0: might be a new vote. And it might be a new voting system as well. I mean, the the coach can come in and change how the they vote for these things. So Clarke had his, his way of doing it. Uh, uh, Sam Mitchell might have his. So who knows? We the, the system by which Blake Hardwick has run awfully close these last few years might not count for much. Although I'd be staggered if he wasn't
1: in the placings again. Me too. But it'll be it'll be good to see who the players, that the coaches rate, that the the general public doesn't necessarily rate. Like, you know, Hardwick's been the obvious one where we've gone, yeah, it's amazing he's got that internal recognition. So whether scrimshaws are smoky, um, uh, based on that, we'll we'll just wait and see.
0: Okay,
3: uh, Brad? Uh, I went Sicily uh, to win it, Jai second. And I actually had Dylan Moore third. I think Blake Hardwick was be just behind him. I thought Moore moving into the midfield, uh, playing at a high uh, level, I think he'll pull really well, especially in the back half of the year. And he kicked a few goals early on in the season as well. So I'll be it'll be good to see him get a top three finish. But yeah, it's going to be a, a interesting count. I think it'll be interesting to see who gets the best first year player. Conor McDonald obviously, you know, started the season off really well. Josh Ward missed a lot of footy with his uh, concussion, but came home really, really strong. So I reckon that's going to be an interesting one to see. And obviously those two boys are the future of the club. So, yeah, I reckon that's going to be a good one to see. I went Josh Ward just because I thought his last probably five or six rounds were brilliant. He had a couple, you know, had that 30 possession game, probably with Jai was our best in the midfield. So, yeah, that's going to be a good one to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm fascinated by the best first you've played. It's really hard. You've got the consistency of McDonald against the brilliance, although in fewer games, or the class of Ward. So, fascinated to see which way they go uh, with that one. Can't pick it at all. I just can't sort of get a read on which way that might go. Daz? I'm
2: going to go Hardigan, Shields and Howe. Top three for me. <laughs> um, yeah, same, the as, me, same as the other guys, Sicily, Jai and Hardwick, probably Sicily taking it out. I don't want Jai to win because we all saw what happened to James Warple when he won. So I think it puts a lot of undue pressure on a player very early on in his career. So I hope Sis gets it.
0: Danny, who's the most improved? Who,
4: who wins most improved? I'm glad you asked me this because this is what I was going to bring up. I think it depends on how they what they're looking for in the Most Improved Award because there's Most Improved, um, you know, in terms of really cementing themselves as quality AFL players. And you've got guys like Mitch Lewis who took a huge step um, and became one of the dominant forwards in the competition this year. And you've got Harry Morrison who went from a real fringe player um, who almost didn't get a spot on the list to cementing himself as a best 22 player. Uh, And then you've got guys who have come from, you know, sort of nowhere – um, to like Finn McGuinness who um, really improved um, immensely from playing at Box Hill and struggling a little bit to nailing down a spot in the seniors at the Hawks. So um, I went Finn McGuinness in mind, but it d- really will depend on what the coaching staff are looking for in that award and what they um, think most improved actually
0: means to them. Yeah, I think it's that's uh, also a really intriguing one to be. Uh... It'll be fascinating to see what they do with these different awards with different, uh, different really, to a largely different set of eyes voting on these awards now. So it'll be fascinating to see what uh, what they value um, in the awards this year. As you said earlier, looking forward to the entire night. It's really the start of the changing of the guard at the football club, and again, given the events of the last few days, what uh, the president and the uh, <laughs> what the president. Has and the coach I have to say uh, another entry from our own Simon Morrowitz, the Kaiser Chiefs. So uh, for, for the for the Hawthorn players, so uh, we're getting great quality here tonight. Uh, question for you also uh, before we uh, turn to AFLW, um, Danny. Uh, either the Brown boys, who've uh, the Brown brothers, who've left uh, Collingwood, uh, Tyler and Callum. Is there could you see a window for either of those to come to Hawthorne?
4: Uh, better a better chance of them becoming our new wine sponsor, the Brown brothers, than uh, playing at the Hawks next year, I think. Really? Don't rate that Got a game. Got a reputation.
0: Oh, I don't,
4: I don't think they add anything that we don't already have on the list. And I, I just don't think we should be dumpster diving for other, through other people's trash. I, I don't think that's where our, our list is at. And I think we really just need to be really selective uh, in the players we bring into the club at this stage. And, um, you know, I, those guys I don't—they're a bit vanilla for me. Um, I'll have one of the Dacos brothers, though. Either of those <laughs> would be
0: fine. And on that, on that,
1: on that, Pinchy, don't we have? Uh, wasn't it uh, former some of the Brown brothers for 15 years? That's often in these spaces, so uh, probably that's prefer, right. prefer him coming along than either of the pies variety.
0: Let's turn our attention to AFLW and. If you haven't watched the replay or the full game of last uh, Friday at the Punt Road Oval, a magnificent win from Hawthorne, first ever AFLW with 5 5 to 4-7-31. Sydney kick four goals. Daz was some of the first six, eight minutes of the game?
2: Yeah, that's right. I think they shot out to a 20-odd point lead. Um, 26 points
0: up. or 26 to nothing when I turned on the TV. And from there, it was all Hawthorne. So you can put it down to me, because for the moment I switched on, Hawthorne dominated. And the goal to hit the... Uh, the goal to get that... From which they hit the front, which started from Talia Fellows on one... Uh, on gathering and then turning on one leg almost and shooting the ball off to friend of HI, a catch, a trot, onto Gilroy for the match. It was one of the best patches of play you will ever see
1: ever see. Men's or women's. It was incredible. You could watch it over and over and over again.
2: It, was, it has it was a bounce from Gilroy as well to to just cap that one off. I just love that.
0: She's almost tackled in the bounce been holding the ball. so uh, But she managed to get away. I'm not even sure she understands the rules that you can't bounce when tackled. But uh, whatever it was, she managed to avoid being tackled to bounce. And the goal was incredible, uh, incredible win from Hawthorne. And again, uh, given that suffered a broken only a few days before, an incredibly emotional performance by them as well. And I don't think there would have been too many Hawthorne supporters who would have missed the eye watching that game. So we had fears of a winless first up season for Hawthorne. They may not win too many more games over the course of 2022, but they've got that first win. And it was very, very special. And uh, well done to Jasmine Fleming as well for getting the Rising Star nomination for this week. So, all roads now lead to Frankston, Brad.
3: It's absolutely. Sorry, my button wasn't working. But yeah, looking forward to it. As Quincy spoken about quite a lot this season with uh, the girls, they drafted and they've built a team basically, you know, to challenge, I guess, play finals, you'd probably think in three or four years' time. So, it's actually similar to what our uh, men's team's going to be like. It's just going to be exciting to see the youngsters, you know, Fleming and those type of girls. So, uh, looking forward to it. I know we're going to suffer some, you know, pretty big uh, defeats, but to watch the young girls, to watch how much that win meant to the club and the girls was really exciting. So, I think they'll win a couple more games, but... Um, it's more getting games into the younger players and to see what we've got going to the future. And I reckon Beth Goddard's a fantastic coach. She speaks really well as well. If you listen to her speak after the games and during games, she's really, really positive with the club. I think both our coaches in Sam Mitchell and Beth Goddard, the club's in really good hands on the field.
0: Um, we've got a good piece wrapping up our last two's game as well on the, on the sub-stack by... Uh, Naomi, no relation to Darren Levine as well. So I'd encourage you to read that match report and if you're wondering why the Hawks are playing home games in Frankston for the rest of the year, uh, Danny, is box still being redeveloped or is it just because of cricket season now?
4: I'm pretty sure it's being redeveloped, but I am also thinking it might be because of cricket season as well. So uh, yeah, I just don't think it, it's um, it, can, it can hold uh, games anymore. Um, redevelopment of the stands and the surrounds and um, I think they'll also still use um, for some local cricket in the, uh, the field. So, a bit of both, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, the plan is they'll be playing um, they'll be playing in Dingley next season. I'm not quite sure Dingley will be ready, so it might be two years of uh, another full season next year of playing elsewhere. But as I've explained on the uh, sub-stack, uh, Hawthorne has deep ties to the Frankston region, um, thanks to a very fortuitous piece of uh, work by the late Ron Cook, in the late '60s, it managed to turn what everyone expected to be St Kilda's recruiting zone into Hawthorns. And uh, well, we only got uh, the greatest player of all time, Lee Matthews, uh, and one of the greatest fullbacks of all time, and Kelvin Matthews, and all the stars out of Gippsland, Peter Knights, etc., who came out of that Gary airs, came out of that region. So we uh, were very thankful for that decision. So Frank's had been the gateway to the peninsula and to Gippsland has served Hawthorne very well, and it's quite fitting that the home games there for the rest of the season will be at Skybus Oval. So if you can, get down to the games, support the girls, they're absolutely worth watching, and we're watching a very good football team grow before our very eyes. Uh, see do we have any more housekeeping before we finish up?
1: Not really. Just refreshing to be able to start uh, writing some articles about different pieces of feel good news and Princey mentioned earlier we've got a really really uh, good piece that he's written coming out tomorrow uh, we'll hopefully have a wrap of the girls and um, be back again next week for heaps of spaces as uh, as our, one of our favourite weeks in football gets underway It's
0: been pointed out to us by, uh, by our great friend Numo that
1: Four out of five games against bottom eight sides
0: means the AFLW team has a good chance of a few more wins. So let's hope that starts against the West Coast Eagles uh, tomorrow um, tomorrow evening at Skybus Stadium. So that has been the spaces for this week. As I said, we are going to do a spaces that was very popular last year during the trade period. So we're going to do it again. We're going to go every night. Monday, we start Monday night right through uh, it won't be all of us every night. We're going to come to some sort of Ross assistant, so you'll get two or three of us every night. We might only go 15, 20 minutes if there's no news around, but it's probably worth touching base every night uh, of the trade period, which starts Monday and will finish on Wednesday week with a bumper wrap-up edition. And uh, if it's the trade week, like the trade like any others, then all the big deals will go down in the final 45 minutes next Wednesday. and There'll be lots for us to discuss. We also you have can... uh, analysis. <laughs> On the Substack, if Hawthorne do business, we'll, we'll turn uh, analysis pieces around really quickly as well. So, be it in text or in audio, we will have trade period well and truly covered on Hawks and Titans. Yes, Andrew? I
1: was going to say, you can at least be honest about it, Ash. I think last year you said, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night. No one's going to wonder I think uh, maybe 57 minutes was the shortest we did. So... Uh, if you're interested in uh, brown and gold chatter, we will be around,
0: and uh, we have a commitment already. From um, Mitch Cleary, will come on at least one night to join us during the spaces, uh, and uh, a few of the other AFL journo's, I'm sure, will come on to give their a read on the play and give some Hawthorn news as well. So we'll endeavour to get a few uh, a few media types onto the spaces as well over the trade period to help us out. So that has been it. Thank you everyone for your support. We've had great support. We, uh, we've dropped the ball, but we're all a bit busy during the finals, but we're uh, to do a lot with the substack. but we're back with the ventures now. We're going to keep the volume of content flowing through. So thank you for your support of Hawks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 for a year for the best Hawthorne content there is going around. Um, so I think you're, you're sending me photos before we finish up. Is there anything I need to know before? before we go. Um, no, nope, we're all clear. Nothing, nothing nothing, I need to mention on the uh, spaces. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's great to be talking with you all. Slightly more upbeat, a bit more uh, a bit more levity this evening, which I think we all needed. So uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday night with the first of our trade uh, spaces. Until then, have a great weekend. And thanks for your support, Hawks and Siders. We'll talk to you on Monday night. Thanks. And good night.